When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Share Radio podcast. A pension crisis. It's horrendous. Threatening with debt collectors and the bubble that's going to cause financial havoc. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. What in the world is happening on Wall Street? The down traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. Listening to Managing My Money with me, Glenn Goodman. So you want to be better with your money? You want to cut through all that financial jargon? Well, the great thing is it takes hardly any effort at all to learn how to manage your money properly. So don't you worry about a thing. Just lie back, close your eyes, and listen. There, you nice and relaxed now? Good. Because Share Radio have teamed up with The Open University to bring you this course of special programmes. It runs over eight weeks and each week consists of two episodes. At the end of each week's episodes, you head over to shareradio.co.uk, answer the quiz questions, and at the end of the whole course, you earn yourself an actual Open University certificate, which you can put on your CV and everything. It's pretty cool, isn't it, Annie? Yeah, awesome. I haven't introduced you to Annie yet. This is Annie, who's going to be joining us on our magical journey of discovery. Annie, I've made you your own special jingle. Have you, Glenn? Yeah, I did. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, go on then. Annie. So what do you think of that then? That was interesting. (laughs) I put a lot of effort into that. Anyway, so you've agreed to let us lift the lid on your finances and have a good old rummage around in your personal life in a bid to sort out those money issues of yours. I have, so this better be good, Glenn. Oh, it's good, all right. So, Annie, is it fair to say that you're not an expert at looking after your own money? How very dare you, Glenn? (laughs) Well, no. I put a lot of financial decisions off. Uh, switching bank accounts. I hear a lot of stuff and I've never acted on it. I've still got the same bank account as I had when I was a student. So, yeah. Oh, you don't well. switch. I don't switch. You've got to switch. I'm a non-switch. And I don't really know why. I My massive excuse is, I just haven't got the time. Yeah, I'm no, too I know busy. Everything. I used to be a non-switcher myself. Really? But I soon started switching and I love it. You love it? Yeah, I'm making loads of interest. Oh, well, I'm clever. <laughs> yes, so I am. I'm glad you've got the time to switch. There's a lot that you could do to make yourself more wealthy in the long term. Is this true, though? What do you mean? Well, can I, can I be better with money? I think I get my paycheck in, my bills go out, I've got a bit left, then it's the next month. There's, there's nothing... How can I make more of that? There is so much more you can do. Put it this way. If you try and understand the stuff that we're going to talk about... 
you will achieve, I almost guarantee, a happy life free of serious money worries, followed by a lovely, comfy retirement. How does that sound? That sounds amazing. But what if I don't bother with any of that stuff? Well, if you don't bother, let me just play the ghost of Christmas future for a minute here. Let's just say, if you don't do it, this could be you. It's getting cold in here. I've put on warmer clothes. I am getting so cold. I've had to put more clothes on with a little bit of burr, burr and a little bit of burr, burr. Okay, is that basically me in later life with no heating because I'm absolutely skinned? It actually is you, because I employed a time-travelling device that I uh, uh, knocked up earlier on and managed to record the uh, actual you in the future. That was really you. Amazing. Thanks for that. So, we'll start making a plan. But before you can make any kind of long-term money decisions, you need to have a general idea of what's going on in the economy. In what form would you like to hear about the current state of the economy, Annie? Um, What have you got? I have coral or rap. Whoa, okay. Oh, definitely rap. Rap it is. Well, you'd think we never had a bad recession before. With the media furore, confidence on the floor. But then we started to grow. At first, just real slow. But house prices got high because our rates are so low. Jobs are thin on the ground, but now there's lots more around. Students graduate with debts of tens of thousands of pounds. Our real income stagnated for a number of years. With my pricey food and energy, there's plenty of tears. Well, you say you want a pension revolution. Well, you got it. So when we get older, we can spend how we want it. When we want it, but don't spend it all at once. All your savings will be gone. Bye-bye. I'm a I'm the real saver. All you other big savers are just imitating So won't the real big savers please stand up Please stand up Please stand up so Annie, did you enjoy your rap education or, or rap education? It was um, wholly unexpected but I enjoyed it a lot Thoroughly rapticating. <laughs> ding, 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 ding Good, right Annie Time to tell us a bit about yourself What general stage of your life are you in? Okay, so I am in my mid-thirties I live in London. Have you, for example, uh, found yourself a beau? <laughs> well, yes, I do. I do have a beau. Ah, yes. And are you sweet on him? I, I am super sweet on are him. Are you going to have his children? Well, I think I probably like to. Oh, does yes, he know he's, that? He's rather. He does know that. Yeah, it's all fine. It's oh. all good. He's delicious. Oh, it's all lovely. So, do you think much about the future at this stage in your life, and do you make provision for it? Would you say? Probably haven't got as many savings as I should have. I know that's always kind of in the back of my mind that I should have a bit of money put away for an emergency or something. Do you think you put off the idea of thinking about financial planning? Uh, Yeah, especially if you mention the word pensions, for example, because you think, I don't have to worry about that now. I've got ages yet, living the high life. Okay, well, how about thinking about money in terms of life stages? So you typically start off adulthood as a singleton, then you become a couple, you might have children, then you retire, and finally you die, preferably not in too much pain. And then you can start thinking, right, how much will I need to get married? How much will children cost? How much will I need in my old age? And once you start to work those things out, you can start working backwards to find out how much you should be putting aside for these various things. I know this might sound a bit basic to you, but it's all about putting yourself in the right mindset. Yeah, I think it's actually getting to the point where you do start thinking and and drawing up this master plan. I think that's a challenge for me that I have never sat down and done it. Well, that's what we're going to do. Are we? Yes. How exciting. We're going to work out Annie's master plan. You're going to make me rich. A bit. Okay. (laughs) A bit richer. (laughs) 
Like I said, it's not about getting rich quick. It's about getting rich slow. Rich, slow, rich, rich, slow. That's how it works. All right. Let's getting do rich it. slow is better than not getting rich at all, I'm surely. Exactly. Yeah, but I don't know exactly what I'm going to do, though. So how am I supposed to know how much money I'm going to put aside? Look, what, what if I don't get married? What if I did? What if I, what if I then got divorced? What then? That's exactly the kind of thing the pennies were asking themselves. Who? The pennies. What? Annie, it's time for you to meet the pennies. The pennies. Mr Penny is just arriving back home from a long day at work, but he's got bad news for his wife. Hello, dear. Dinner's on the table. It's tripe, your favourite. Sorry, Carol, love. I'm afraid I'm not that hungry. Oh, Arthur, why? What's happened? Well, I've lost my job at the box-breaking factory. Ah, don't worry, love. You'll get another job. No one breaks cardboard boxes up into pieces quite like you do. No, Carol, love, you're wrong. No one cares about the old box-breaking skills anymore. They're getting in one of them robots to break all the boxes from now on. Oh, well, don't worry, love. We knew the box-breaking gravy train might not last. So it's lucky I've been saving some of your wages up each month. That'll tide us over while you retrain as a keyboard basher. What's one of them? It sounds like it's for sissies. No, love. You can still use your hands, but you just bash the keys on a computer instead. They're hiring loads of them down at the keyboard bashing offices in the big new skyscraper. And so Mr Penny got back on his feet and the family weathered the financial storm. The Pennies had had the foresight to plan for a period of unemployment, but like many people, they didn't like to imagine really bad things happening in the future, and so they simply weren't prepared when something even worse happened. Hello, love. Dinner ready yet? Afraid not. I had an accident in the kitchen earlier, dear. I'm afraid I've lost all my limbs. What, all of them? Afraid so, love. It was the Kenwood. I'm not going to be much help around here, I'm afraid. How much have we got left in the kitty? Well, not much, I'm afraid, Carol. We didn't really plan for this. I put enough by in case you lost one or maybe two limbs, but not all four at once. You just never think it'll happen to you, do you? It's just one of them things, really. So it doesn't really sound like things are looking too bright for the pennies, then, Glenn. No. Here's Professor Sharon Collard from the Open University. She's got a few ideas on how to plan for the unexpected. Think about what your employer offers. What sort of sickness benefits do they offer? Um, is it going to be that you you only get statutory sick pay or are they more generous than that? Because that could make quite a big impact in terms of what you decide to do. For example, if you don't have very good sickness benefit through your employer or if you're self-employed, you may want to look at an insurance product that will cover you when you're, you're not able to work due to illness. Okay, so Annie, how are you doing on the savings front? That's a rather personal question, Glenn. I'm a very personal person. (laughs) Okay, um, I've got a tiny bit put away. Okay, well, to be fair, most people don't prioritise savings. About one in three families have practically nothing saved up at all, according to recent figures. 
The average person has got about £14,400 saved up, according to one recent report, which would tide them over for perhaps nine months of illness. So let's write down all your income. Oh, God. Oh, yes. (laughs) We're going to write down all your income and we're going to list your monthly spending and then we can work out what you can afford to cut back on and how to free up some more cash for saving. So, So you've got all your outgoing sorted out fine okay well let's take a look down these columns then all right let's do it you've got your income now mortgage and bills mm-hmm. fine you're spending about the right amount on those can you cut down on your gas bill anyway i'm a cold person what can i say it's getting cold in here i've put on warmer clothes oh, yeah. can you put on a bit of weight to, so that you're not <laughs> no. so cold in the house put on another jumper my biggest downfall would be clothing tops and jeans that kind of thing you like your tops i like my tops i like my jeans the seasons change i'm changing with it glenn do you know what i mean let's have a look at how much money you're spending there on the club oh my (laughs) actually do you know what to see it written down is a shocker yes we're gonna have to do something about that how about cutting down on the number of shopping trips because the problem is that if you're an impulse buyer then every single time you go shopping you're going to come back with something i know yeah, I think I can. I think actually seeing something physically written down in front of you and figures makes a big old difference. So that's yeah. So we're already getting closer towards our goal. Are you saving for any kind of emergency fund? I do. I put aside about a hundred quid a month. Right now, food and household goods. Are you a waitrose or an Aldi kind of girl? I'm kind of waitrose. Okay. Yeah, went there yesterday. It's nice though, isn't it? Do you have a Waitrose income though? Let's be honest here. I don't have a Waitrose income. I do have a Waitrose card, however, that I like to use. (laughs) Have you thought about economising food-wise? Or at least getting your basics from one of the much cheaper discount supermarkets and then going for a few, you know, special luxuries at Waitrose? It's what's convenient though, isn't it? And what's down the road, basically. Convenience is the grandmother of doom. (laughs) That's a phrase I just made up, but it could be true. Wow. Holidays. Holly bobs. I like a little holiday. I try and look for special deals. It's just when I'm there, I think I get a bit carried away in the moment. Okay, so then you need to put money aside for insurance. We've got those figures here. And do you save into a pension? Not currently, no. I don't. Okay, well, that's not necessarily the end of the world, as long as you're saving in one form or another. Now I've got a really clear idea, and it's great that you can see it in black and white and see where the problems are. So perhaps we could revise your budget so that you've got a bit of a buffer and you can start to save more. Pensions. Mortgages. Isas. Oh, so very nice as managing my money. Okay, Annie, so we've looked at all the bad stuff that can happen. That's Mm. out of the way. We can start to look at the good stuff, your goals. What do you want to achieve or attain, first of all, in the next five years? Oh, my God, I feel like I'm at a job interview. That's the kind of thing they ask, isn't it? Okay, in five years' time, I would probably quite fancy the idea of having kids. They're expensive, I'm aware. Now, what about the medium term? That would be over the next, say, five to ten years. Because I'll start to be, not knocking on a bit, but, you know, I would like to have the option of having some kind of private health care. 
And finally, long-term goals. Oh, man. So you're talking way down the line. What's the dream, Annie? What's the dream? A good pension to retire on. Uh, I'd want to be comfortable. I wouldn't want to have money worries at that stage of my life because I bet it's a pretty frightening place to be. Bear in mind, goals don't have to be just about you either. It's all just you, 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 really, isn't oh, it? Oh, I know. You know, they Get can be me. political, religious, ethical goals can play a part too. OK, fine. Fair enough. You're looking at me blankly. You're like, <laughs> I don't have any ethical goals. <laughs> I'm going to stand for president. So if you've got limited resources, then you're going to have to start thinking about trade-offs. Now, there's a really useful concept in economics called opportunity cost. And this means that every time you use any of your money or your time, the real cost of that is what you've sacrificed. So, for example, if you can only afford to buy a car or a holiday and you get the car, then the real cost of that car is the holiday that you've given up. It concentrates the mind, I find, if you think about it in that way. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But what about trade-offs between spending now and in the future, long term? Yeah, those are particularly tricky. Would you prefer, for example, £100 today or £110 in two years' time? Two years' time for a tenor interest? I'm definitely, I am taking that £100 and running with it. (laughs) You've got to choose between the two rather than just concentrating on today and going, oh, I want this now and Mm. not worrying about the lack of money that you're going to have a couple of years down the line. So reining it in a bit and and looking for the long term. Yeah, whoa there, Annie. Whoa! Well, let's take a look now at how our emotions affect our spending and saving decisions. And to investigate a particularly strange case, we can go over now to our time-travelling correspondent, Jemima Dingleford. Jemima. I'm Jemima Dingleford, and I'm here in rural Vermont in the year 1848, talking with Dr. J.M. Harlow and Mr. Phineas Gage, and I have a massive scoop. Phineas has just been in an extraordinary accident. Phineas, could you tell us what happened? Well, we, I just cannot believe it. I was just blasting some rock down by the railroad, you know. Well, man, blow me down. If I didn't go and forget the sand and the spark off the old iron set the blast off. <laughs> and this here tamping iron just shot right out of my hands and went clean through my head. Boom! Dr. Harlow. You've been treating the patient. Could you tell us a bit about what seems to have happened here? Well, yes. Uh, Unfortunately, the iron passed right through Mr. Gage's left eye and frontal lobes, exiting through the top of the skull. I have patched him up as well as I can, but he's in quite a state, I'm afraid. Hey, hey, wanna feel it? I'm sorry? Wanna feel the hole? Uh, no, I'm okay. That's very sweet, though. Thanks. Oh, no, you should touch it. Go on, touch the darn thing. uh, Okay. Wow. Um, That's really... Excuse me, moment. Feels nice, don't it? Well, hey, what about shares in Bell Enterprises? I got loads. Hey, what's your favorite song? Mine's if you only got a mustache. You know it? No. So, Dr. Harlow, apart from the damage to Phineas's sight and, you know, the hole in his head, are there any other immediate changes noticeable? Well, yes. Uh, his personality has completely changed. He used to be a quiet man, a man of few words, you know, and now. Well, you see, he's he's become an extrovert. You suit all the girls to her hair if you've only got a mustache. A mustache! A mustache! You only got a little mustache. Anything else, Doctor? Well, yes, uh, in fact, it's the oddest thing. He, he, he's been saving his pennies for years in order to buy a house, and he has just spent all of his money, every last penny, on some kind of machine where people can talk to each other, but through a tube. 
Oh, some chap Bell just sold him shares. Uh, it will never work. He'll be bankrupt. So, there you have it. The first ever instance in history of a documented personality change. You heard it here first. I'm Jemima Dingleford in rural Vermont. Back to you, Glenn, in the studio. Thank you, Jemima. So this guy basically got a hole blown in his head and then that made him more impulsive. Yeah, because he'd lost the part of his brain that regulates his emotions, that was bound to affect his spending and his saving and investing decisions. But what's interesting is that obviously he's an extreme example, but many of us (laughs) let our emotions affect those decisions far more than we'd actually care to admit. For example, impulse buying. Uh, I know that's, uh, we talked a little about the tops that you like to buy. Going shopping when you're hungry. That's another one. Exactly. Never go shopping when you're hungry for food. Impulse buyers, it turns out, according to research, are three times more likely to go bankrupt than other people. (laughs) Really? Oh, yes. Oh, dear. Okay, fine. I'll rein it in. So, yeah, do so, because we need to constantly be on the lookout for that kind of thing. And also constantly on the lookout for how companies often try and manipulate our emotions to make us buy things uh, in their advertising, often by associating their products in our minds with the kind of lifestyle that we'd like to have. When I drink bachazzle, I feel younger, fitter and so much more attractive. Everybody tells me how happy I seem. Thanks, Bejazzle. Bejazzle water bottled straight from the Thames. Colour may vary. Now, our emotions also have a big impact on our attitude towards taking risks. Here's the Open University's Martin Upton with a little story that seems almost too crazy to be true. Yeah, but is it true? (laughs) No, it really is true, yeah. No, it is! Some people are big risk-takers. Take Ashley Revell from Kent... In 2004, Ashley entered the Plaza Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas with only one thing on his mind, taking a big gamble. He'd raised thousands of pounds and he was now ready to put it all on the line, a total of £76,840 worth to be precise. He contemplated the roulette wheel. He had a 50-50 chance of winning or losing, but he felt lucky. He chose red at the very last minute, and that's where the ball settled. On a whim, in one moment, he doubled his money to £153,680. But he could just as easily have lost it all. Annie, would you say you're a risk-taking kind of a person, or are you quite risk-averse? I like the security... For example, I... Uh, decided I'd become a freelance. Uh, it lasted approximately 24 hours because I managed to find myself <laughs> another staff position. All right, well, there's a lot to be said for being risk-averse, but mm. there is also a problem with it sometimes, which is that when you think you're being really cautious and sensible and not taking risks, in fact, you're putting yourself in a weird kind of way at more risk. You might find that because of inflation, eating away at the value of your money, and we're going to ta- talk more about that in uh, later episodes, you might actually lose money by keeping it all in a bank account. So by trying to be really careful and cautious, you could actually be losing money. And in fact, by taking an investment of some kind... Ooh, an investment, yes. You might actually, in a perverse kind of way, be taking less risk in the long term by going for something that seems riskier. Okay. So, Annie, how's this past half hour been for you then? Has going over your finances been the excruciating torture you expected? It's been quite therapeutic, actually. Good. Yeah. 
the idea, I think, is from what you said, you divide your life into stages. Stages, you good. You do more thinking ahead and planning for all uh, the big main events, whether they're good or bad. The pennies pop into my head there. Uh, the things that can happen to you at each life stage. Marriage, children, a bit of illness. Um, and then you plan your finances and you can save and then invest uh, accordingly. Right? Yeah, that's very that good. Right? Yeah, oh, you've done really well. There's a perfect summary. I love it. That's the basis of it. So if you've been listening along with Annie, listen with Annie. I quite like that. That's uh, mm, You should do a spin-off show. Okay. Yeah. You're already well on your way to managing your money well. This course lasts eight weeks and each week consists of two episodes. So once you've listened to the second of this week's episodes, head over to shareradio.co.uk and try the quiz to test all your newfound knowledge and wisdom. And if you do that each week, at the end of week eight, you'll be awarded an official statement of participation certificate from the Open University. And you can put it on your CV and everything. Oh, Yes. So thank you very much for listening to Managing My Money with me, Glenn Goodman, and of course an especially big thank you to Annie Weston. Oh, thanks so much. It's fun. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah.